Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 56 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me, I brought back the original Trinity Squad. It's Matt Aguilar. What up? And Mr. Brandon Davis is back with us. How is everyone doing today? Great, thank you for answering. You coming out of your uh, Gollum man cave uh, quarantine like the rest of us? <laughs> uh, I love this room so much, but now I'm in it all the time. It's like a studio you're trapped in forever. Like, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty crazy. But uh, it's good. We broke you out today because we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. BD and Matt have been running through Marvel's Avengers video game beta, and uh, they're going to share some impressions with you guys because we've been kind of covering that, and we've been really wondering about how this game is going to turn out. And so they have uh, some good stuff to share. But we also have some good stuff that I know was good to have uh, both of you guys on because it takes, back, uh, takes us back to some of season ones. We're doing callbacks now, so this is some season one callback <laughs> because we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel. Yeah! <laughs> we're going to be talking about Mulan on Disney Plus. That has happened. That shoe has dropped and what it could or could not mean for the future of the industry. Plus, we are going to break down some of the latest event in uh, DC Comics, me and Matt. We got to talk about what's going on with Ren and Stimpy making a return, and people are kind of happy about that. Something's up with Bill and Ted. Netflix is trying to make its own Star Wars. We got, and we got to review the latest in the Star Wars fran- or Star. Oh, my God. I already just blew this whole thing. The latest in the Star Trek franchise, Lower Decks. So we got a lot to get to. Let's jump into it. First, round one. Matt and Brandon, let's talk <laughs> Captain Marvel 2. Captain Marvel, you guys, I mean, we had some heated debates in the uh, early days of season one, back in that wild west of making this podcast. When was that Captain during the Marvel, test episode? Um, was I, we, that the we, premiere? Captain Marvel was like a running theme. Throughout yeah. Because, I mean, we started in 2019, like right when that film hit. It was, we started right before it hit. So it was like our first big movie release, I think, when we had started doing this. Yeah. And we made constant references and slamming Matt throughout the year periodically just for good measure. Because, um, I mean, you are the biggest Captain Marvel fan, movie fan, probably on staff. Although not alone <laughs> by any means. But No, not at all. The Carol core is strong. As you can tell behind him. Yeah, right. There, <laughs> if you're watching this. So. Captain Marvel 2, we know it's coming out 2022, and uh, now we knew who's going to be directing. It said Marvel was looking for a female director, and they have found one. Not only have they found a director, but they found Marvel's first, Marvel Studios' first black female director. Uh, Nia DaCosta is going to be stepping in to direct Captain Marvel 2, and she's kind of already gaining a lot of acclaim for directing the new Candyman movie which has been killing it in the marketing, uh, starring Yaya Abdul-Martin. And uh, we did, we've been doing, I mean, it's been good enough that we've actually made like Candyman's marketing part of this podcast just to say like, wow, look at that marketing. Now I want to see Candyman. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. And she has kind of also like done a movie called Little Woods. She was on, she did episodes of the acclaimed kind of UK series Top Boy, which is kind of UK's The Wire. If you've seen that, it's on Netflix. If you, if you don't have a problem with English accents, I, I suggest you watch that. Top Boy's great. So she's, I mean, she's really a strong talent. And I'm kind of excited about this, not just, for, I mean, not just for the diversity hire, but because I believe that she can actually bring a strong, very cinematic, and I stress that word, cinematic, kind of vision to this and, and to continuing Carol Danvers' story. 
and given where we left off and uh, do we i forget everything that's happened because of 2020 bro but um did we confirm that captain marvel 2 is present day last time i heard it was present day okay that was the last yeah. thing i remember yeah it so does feel where, like it was well wherever ago. i mean in re- regardless <laughs> given where the franchise has left carol danvers um kind of nick fury and all that stuff we there's room for DaCosta to really kind of tell a really good kind of timely social story underneath all this, given everything that's going on with the scrolls and the Cree and kind of how Karen Danvers fits into all this. So I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to this movie more so now that I, that I hear who the director is. Uh, how do you guys yeah. feel? I'm more excited that given this director, um, I think if Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck came back, I wouldn't have been very excited just because I feel like they just checked boxes and didn't do anything to kind of innovate or make it like stylish. And I think what Nia DaCosta can bring to it uh, can bring a lot of extra flair and excitement and style, which Captain Marvel is a character who can really like benefit from tremendously. Yeah. I mean, that was a big thing in the first movie that people kind of criticized was just, they felt it, it wasn't, it, they didn't have a distinct kind of Marvel identity and style of its own. I mean, and that to be fair, this is a year like where we're talking like things like Black Panther are hitting. We've had other franchises like Ant-Man, which are distinctly like, you know, their own and, and kind of have their own flavor. Um, but it was a difficult task because I think Marvel kind of stacked the deck against themselves because of the way they chose to tell Captain Marvel's origin story. And uh, me and Matt broke this down. Because it wasn't just, I mean, the directorial style is one thing, but also I'm looking forward to this second movie giving not just a director a chance to show some flavor, but Brie Larson now that Carl Danvers can actually have a personality that's not like brainwashed and controlled for most of the movie. Yeah. Kind of really stepping into who that character is. And I think that combination of director and, and maybe some more charisma from star is something like Brandon said, this, this franchise will really kind of not. Well, that's, and that's the thing we've, from we've talked about before, right? It, and, and we broke it down. I actually really liked our last discussion on that because we, we did break it down as in there are certain things you can't screw with in that plot. Like there's certain things you can't mess with, like with the way they chose to do the timeline and that she's before these and like all that stuff. And the way that the character doesn't know who she is for 75% of the movie. So there are things that you have to kind of work within the constraints of whether that was completely their choice or not, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I do love that like all of those shackles are off and you can actually play with Carol as we see her in the last 25% uh, of the movie. Um, and, you know, I, 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 we've talked about it before, Candyman and just like horror movies in general, but, but Candyman was just never something that I cared about was never something that struck me uh, back in the day. And, you know, when that was first announced, I was not excited uh, really at all. Like I was intrigued by, I'll watch it, but I was, that was it. And those trailers and those, especially that like the animated trailer that they did for it, like all that stuff uh, has got me hype for a movie that if you look at all the boxes that I typically check, I should not care. <laughs> I should not care about. So I'm excited to see her bring that kind of uh, attention and style and everything to a character that I adore. And also since then, there's been so many developments in the comics uh, for that character that they've like tweaked her origin and they've done some different things with her family. So like there's so much material there, even more so than there was then. And so I'm really excited to see like what, she does with it. I, I think this is a great hire. Um, I mean, I've said it before. I don't, I don't look down on the first one. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, and, you know, I will still, I'll still stand by that. Uh, I had no problem with uh, Anna and Ryan coming back, but this hire excites. Um, and I will give that to Brandon. I feel like actually this excites me more than if they were to just have returned. I would have been fine, but this is cool. I, I want to see what she can do. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see where the story goes because I feel like this is the first movie. It's the, it's the farthest movie out on Marvel's release schedule so far, right? It's after Black Panther 2? Yeah, it's so, Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther 2. And then uh, later that summer is Captain Marvel. Too. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's very interesting that this is the farthest movie out because I think this is the first movie that's going to pick up on the story threads laid out in Spider-Man Far From Home 
and specifically. Uh, wait, wait, oh, does Spider-Man, Spider-Man's been moved to what, December now? Like, I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't even. But I don't think, <laughs> what, I'm ta- what I mean is that not like the Nick Fury possibly building sword with, with scrolls out there in space, but also, I mean, there's the moment where Talos as Nick Fury says to Sora, so that's his wife as Maria Hill, that they found like a, a Kree sleeper cell where there's just like a, it seems like a throwaway line, but then when you realize, oh, these are scrolls, it actually is important when you watch the movie again. I think that Captain Marvel 2 is the first movie that might actually pick up any of those little threads planted at the end of the Infinity Saga. So that's going to be three plus years apart. Yeah. 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 So that's a big, I mean, it's a pivotal movie for a lot of reasons. So I want to see it be Captain Marvel Secret Invasion. That'd be cool. Or some kind of war. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I would like I to see Carol Danvers get handed a, a, an accuser hammer and go to town. I was going to say, I'd actually rather see the, the threads from Empire yeah. than Secret Invasion. I'm, I'm a yeah. little like, I, mean, I feel like Secret it. Invasion. You can yeah, buy it too, let's be honest. Exactly. But I feel like I'm kind of, I don't want to see Captain Marvel kind of ha- have happen what Captain America had happened to him, which is civil war was kind of it was his movie but it really wasn't i'd rather hers be uh, dealing with more things just around the character and the things in empire deal more with like the kree legacy and things like that as opposed to it being pretty much an avengers movie but with their name on it i'd I'd rather have the possibility that could be exactly what happened so we're gonna keep an eye on that so that's captain marvel 2 moving right along Let's talk Ren and Stimpy, you idiot. Ren and Stimpy's coming back. I was hoping you would do it in So, oh, man. I mean, this cartoon, I want to say, I mean, it is a classic, but it, it messed us up in the 90s. We were not prepared for this cartoon. I remember when Ren and Stimpy came out, it did stuff to us. And, like, yeah, it changed everything. So that's who hurt you. Oh, I mean, among one, just one. That just hurt me on animation front. Like, yeah. I Though, mean, to be was, fair, if you go back and watch half of those 90s shows now, so many of them are like that. <laughs> like, how did I watch this? And, like, this is kind of messed up. Anyway. Oh, man, we're getting a show note. Yeah, I just kind of already screwed this up. So before we go any further into this show, let's uh, do a, a little shout-out. BD, we didn't just bring you on just for your uh, smiling, handsome face. we got to talk about something you're doing. You're always hard at work behind the scenes, and uh, you've been putting something together. So Justice League, Snyder Cut, all you DC fans, listen up, because Mr. Brandon Davis has been putting something together special for you guys. Edie, tell them what it is. Uh, we, I mean, listen, the Snyder Cut thing, uh, thank you for bringing this up. Uh, it, it's a movement by the fans because they are the ones who want to see the Snyder Cut the, of Justice League. So they were the ones who unrelentingly started petitions and tagged everybody and all that stuff. Uh, and, of course, you know, there's some toxic – people in that group but the majority of the people in that group have been just wanting to raise money and do everything that they've been doing and it's been actually pretty remarkable and the whole story of it all uh is pretty crazy and i've become more familiar with it because we are doing a project uh honestly i don't know what the title is yet i think we're going to have a meeting about it to figure that out because we're releasing a trailer on friday morning so by the time you see this the trailer is available uh but it is a a documentary telling the story of the road to the Snyder cut. Maybe that's the title right there. Uh, it told by the fans. I connected with about 15 Snyder cut activists, like people who have been, uh, I, I polled all these people on social media. I said, who should I talk to? Who is like the leader of your group? Send me to your leader. Uh, and they all recommended each other. Uh, and I talked like to a lot of the the people. Others? I talked to all these people who were, uh, who were some of the most recommended <laughs> of all of them. And uh, they were, some of the kindest people I've ever talked to and it was really a fun like it we we've been working on this for like a month now maybe a little bit longer I don't even know what day it is anymore Uh, but we're going to have a full documentary about the road to the Snyder Cut everything that happened along the way um, until about a month ago Uh, and it's going to release on our comicbook.com and on our channels next Friday so awesome I can offer a title suggestion I think you should call it From Four Stars to Snyder Cut, A Justice League Story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> I'm just, oh, man, I know. It's Captain Marvel Four Stars, too. So You said to deal. Oh, man, I know. I'm a stinker. Anyway, thanks, PD, and uh, thanks for doing that for DC fans. I'm going to tune into that. 
Uh, is this going to be yeah, our next I'm watch party? It's available on social media. Go watch it when you're done watching this amazing podcast. Yeah. And uh, we can do a watch party for this thing? Uh, I, yeah, maybe. It's only 20 minutes long. <laughs> so, Boom. Just, the ultimate you know, watch party. Yeah, yeah. quit, man. A drive through watch party. There you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. So keep a lookout because our uh, Justice League Road to Snyder Cut documentary is going to be dropping its trailer by the time you hear this podcast. Check it out on comicbook.com. Channels, site, we'll have it everywhere. We were going to go to theaters with it, but they're still shut down. So, yeah, COVID. Stealing on demand. $29.99 if you're already a subscriber. Back to the 90s. <laughs> Back to Ren and Stimpy. So Ren and Stimpy's making a comeback on Comic I forgot that's Central. where we left off. Yeah. We just dropped it. That's where we dropped off. So Ren and Stimpy's making a comeback on Comedy Central as an adult cartoon. Um, yeah, nothing else to say. It's going to be a new creative team. That's an important note. Uh, a new creative team will be taking over the series. But uh, yeah, it's coming back for a new series on Comedy Central. And Comedy Central, if you don't know and haven't been paying attention, has been quietly amassing an entire kind of 90s, 90s to two, early 2000s nostalgia animation block. They uh, basically, Viacom CBS, not Comedy Central alone, but Viacom CBS has grabbed up. They're doing Beavis and Butthead again. <laughs> they're, they're, getting, they're rebooting Clone High. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. There's a yeah. Dar- Daria spinoff called Jody in the works. That's and right. And now we have Ren and Stimpy. So all these 90s slash, you know, early 2000 animated shows are making a comeback. Ren Where's and our Stimpy Aeon Flux? Uh, I think people have been asking about that, actually. <laughs> I feel like I just saw something about that on our anime page. Uh, no, no joke. But um, yeah, so people are kind of ambivalent about this it's not overwhelming you know joy that ren and stimpy is coming back and there are some fair reasons for that first there was already an attempt to bring back the show in the 2000s spike tv tried to do uh ren and stimpy's adult animated uh party on and they made it through three freaking episodes the show couldn't finish on time they couldn't get the show's Uh, like you know finished for air on time and it was just kind of the kind of good thing about red and stimpy was it it hit this was like pre-south park in the 90s so it was this cartoon that kind of bridged the gap between the more adult cartoons that we have in sitcoms like south park or family guy and stuff like that and childhood cartoons and it was this weird crazy like mix of those things and yeah, it, it, it was good because it suggested a lot of creepy or insane stuff without being directly creepy or insane. It, it was just like, you know, the Space Madness episodes, one great one. Um, people bring up different episodes, but it stuck with you. I mean, it really did. But the Spike one was just flat out gross and over the top and just like, you know, Ren and Stimpy Bang. And, you know, like it was just it just went there. So there's one thing that makes that kind of nervous about, you know, people nervous about doing this again on Comedy Central as an adult cartoon is losing the kind of subtlety that made the, the kind of series fun. And the other one is, of course, that uh, Ren and Stimpy's original creator, John Crickfalusi, John Crickfalusi was accused in 2018 of being a sexual predator of underage girls by multiple women. Um, and that's all, you know, all of those alleged incidents kind of made a lot of fans go back and look at the show and look at some of the comments and kind of maybe put two and two together that a lot of what was filtered into the show maybe isn't so wholesome when you rewatch it as an adult and with an adult sensibilities and knowledge of, you know, how dark the world can get. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems a lot creepier. And so for a lot of people, this is kind of triggering, but, um, what do you guys think? Uh, what's your association with Ren and Stimpy, and how do you feel about this kind of resurrection? Don't care. Not going to watch it. There, there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not quite as far as Brandon and the don't care. Like, I, I care a little. Like, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to watch it. But at the same time, I am kind of in his camp of, like, I, it kind of – Ren and Stimpy sort of passed me – by like i like i remember certain episodes and i remember watching it here and there but it never like left like a real big impression on me and so 
you know, especially like now with the context and things like, it's not like I'm really going to go back to, to watch stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Uh, I will watch at least the first few episodes just to kind of see what it's all about. And who knows, maybe, maybe they'll capture, you know, kind of a new magic for this new generation, but um, I'm not like, it's not something at the top of my must watch list. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of ambivalent too, but like, I feel like Ren and Stimpy is best just kind of remembered as being a trailblazer. It's not something you need to like resurrect um, because it affected animation and it changed so many things. I mean, if you liked like series like Ed, Ed and Eddie, Wild Thornberries, all those kind of shows that kind of went with that more wild animation and, and kind of crazy eccentric SpongeBob like all of that stuff is things that are at the trail at the end of the trail that Ren and Stimpy blaze. And uh, to me, maybe that's just best how it should be left. And cause like I said, it's a hard one to bring back. Somebody already failed and it's not like the mythos around the show has gotten better <laughs> as of late. It's gotten right. more creepy. So I'll be honest. Yeah. I didn't know it already failed. I think a lot of people that's going to what you just told everybody. I think if a lot of people are going to no. be here oh, yeah. for the first time. It came and went so fast. It's okay yeah. if you don't remember. All right. So we're going to move on, take a break. We got to talk about Netflix trying to make its own Star Wars. Move on, going to Disney Plus, Marvel's Avengers, Star Wars, we, Star Trek, Lower Decks. We got a lot to talk about. We're probably not going to get to all of it, but stay tuned anyway. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. So coming back after the ad break, just a real quick, we're not going to stop on this one, but uh, we told you that Bill and Ted was coming to, Bill and Ted 3 is coming to VOD at the uh, beginning of September. Well, now it's been pushed up a week. So we will end August and this quote unquote summer with uh, Bill and Ted face the music. It'll arrive on, uh, I believe, August 28th. And so you can kind of end summer by checking that out. And that might be some good fun for everyone. Oh, it's going to really eat at that new Mutants box office. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop it. Charlie's not even here. Oh, man. Charlie's got to defend Mulan because he went on that whole thing how they okay, wouldn't put it on streaming service. He's got a sort of kind of answer for new mutants. Who was here telling Charlie they would put Mulan on streaming service back just, then? I'm just saying, Charlie. We got to get Charlie on here. So I tried to tell him that that was a canary in the coal mine. I was like, and, Mulan's and definitely a canary in the coal mine. He's about to pay its theatrical dues and go straight to online, I bet. Oh, yeah, like a week later. Like, yeah, as soon as possible, as soon as the deal allows. Anyway. All right, so that's that. Bill and Ted's coming early. Keep your eyes peeled. So, like I said, we didn't get to this one in the last show, but I thought this was kind of interesting. So Netflix is trying to develop its own mega franchise to kind of rival something like Star Wars um, or Harry Potter. Star Wars is Disney, Harry Potter at Warner Brothers. And they said, uh, we're looking for at a big, broad audience, PG-level adventure film is something we want to get into. Something along the lines of the first Star Wars or Harry Potter 1 and 2. A lot of family live-action fantasy spectacle movies that we think are big and can play great. A Jumanji type of story that is the next frontier. Uh, so basically they're trying to kind of get into the like cinematic universe franchise business, um, which is kind of a natural evolution for, for Netflix. My question to you guys is we haven't really seen somebody do these kind of features in this kind of big level of franchise features on the streaming platform front. Do you think that could be a game changer? I mean, I think you gotta be. You want to be more of like a Game of Thrones than, you know, like a movie. You gonna end terribly. Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I think, I think for Netflix, the key is to try to build the the the, the hype and phenomenon of of what Game of Thrones and like the early Walking Dead was 
and things like that. I mean, obviously like Star Wars and Harry Potter are like the pinnacle of that and in the movies and like getting to like an Avengers Endgame level event with your franchise is the goal for everybody now. But like, I mean, what are they going to like, I feel like they need to either do something out of nowhere that ends up being like that amazing cult hit or get some sort of insane IP like Pokemon and launch it really well. Like, I, I don't know what, what it could match that hype level. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that because I, I don't think it's going to be movies. Like, there's just a part of me that's just like, with, the, with their current IP now, plus the IP they can get, yes, you could make movies. And, and they are making movies based on some, like, known IP. But I think it's probably a more achievable play to, you can get that kind of level of event um, around one of your series. that Their shows are more, I feel like, commanding of attention for longer, right? Obviously, there's more episodes, but also just for whatever reason, the buzz seems to stick around their shows more than it does for their movies. Their movies do really well, and then you don't... They're good opening weekends. Yeah, but you don't hear about them anymore. But their shows have been able to kind of keep that talk. Hey, Bright as never died, dog. Oh, God. I think I was talking about Bright sequel to Jim the other day. I was like, dude, Kofi's still on that. (laughs) Kofi still wants that sequel. Um, so, like, I think, you know, there's stuff like Cursed, Witcher, that those things, they can build to many big events within that framework. But I don't, I don't know what, unless it's just out of nowhere, like, unless the Beyond Good and Evil movie, which I'm looking forward to, but, like, me and four other people right now, like, I don't feel like that's going to come out of nowhere and just, like, floor everybody and, like, here's a giant franchise. It could be, and I'm hoping it does. I uh, even wrote a full article on it on comic book.com. You should check that out. But, you know, I, I just don't know what does that. Like, as, like well, Brandon said, mean, Pokemon could. Well, the quote is they're going – I mean, the guy outright talks, the kind of the Netflix exec that gave this quote, says, we look at it as what – we look at it as what aren't the studios focused on? New ideas. So they're trying to find – and he kind of name drops. They're trying to find that George Lucas or that next Wachowski's that you know people who created star yeah. wars or the matrix or and you know new creators to make something i so mean that, just- and that i think is a smart play i was about to say if you look at some of the biggest franchises and ips and titles that are instantly recognizable to pretty much anyone if you speak their name look at things like let's let's rattle off some titles that are just hugely identifiable and created that phenomenon buzz well you can you'll, you'll include breaking bad if you want to but the matrix lord of the rings star wars harry potter marvel like Oh, and there's more. Those are just off the top of my head. Some of them. Those are all very different franchises. Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. All of those franchises are very different. The Witcher seems to be aiming for that Game of Thrones type of show already. You know what I mean? I think that going for and, – and it was a huge success, but I think that the key is new ideas. Like, it, it has to be something that's innovating. That's that – all the – one thing those shows, those titles all have in common is they did something new – whether it was something that already existed, but they made it their own, like... Walking but they're Dead. all based on IP. Like, aside from Breaking Bad, which is Breaking Bad based on a book? Or no? I mean, Lost. Is that just the original no. series? Yeah. So, I mean, most of those, though, are based on established IP, even if they're smaller, like, groups of fans and things, but they're still based on IP. So, like, even the original things that have become huge hits for Netflix, like House of Cards and Orange is New Black and, like, those... those became big for them but not to the level like they're talking about like so yes i agree like i think that's a smart play for them going forward but i don't even know you just have to strike that one in a million thing right it's like lightning about i don't know and it's creator driven it's not even ideas they're looking for the people who are going to be the creative shepherds to make this stuff happen so yeah that's kind of the key so i mean it sounds like and there are people out there like i could see somebody like an addy shankar or somebody like that who just hasn't been given the kind of backing, but has all that, like, you know, still need that adult power, massive imagination to kind of bring or Guillermo (laughs) del Toro, like somebody like that. You know what I mean? All of those titles were driven by great characters that people respond to in expansive worlds, just very different characters in very different worlds. So I think you just got to get somebody who understands that and can build those, th- those things in whether it's based on a, a, a little known comic. Cause people didn't know the walking dead before it was a TV show. Like, you know, you and I did people listening to this may have, yeah. but my mom, but, it, but 
yeah. yeah, now I did not know that, you know? Like the book always did well in the comic store, but it was did well because of they ordered smaller copies. <laughs> so like, yeah, like it, yeah, it's, it wasn't there now. There extra copies sitting on the shelves. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I think like that's, that's what it comes down to. You have to innovate, you got to get people invested and you got to introduce an interesting world that people can want to explore more of. And it's so easy to say that, it's so hard to figure out what that is in an original way. I would love for them to do it. I love events like that, that we can talk to everybody about and experience together and, and, and enjoy watching. So hopefully they crack it. All right, we're gonna move on because we got a lot to do before uh, we got to get out of here. But moving on, this is our, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a grenade topic, but I think it's a grenade topic for a lot of people right now. Disney's going, Disney has decided they're dropping Mulan on Disney Plus. Mulan had another release date delay. And uh, Disney said, uh, that's it. We're giving this thing, we're putting this thing out on Disney+. Plus." But it ain't just going to be like Hamilton. You're not going to be able to just stream this puppy free. Uh, <laughs> Mulan will be offered to Disney Plus subscribers for $29.99, I believe. Yep. And so 30 bucks. But I think it, it's, it's good for as long as you have a Disney Plus subscription is, yes. is kind of the caveat. So you, you have the movie and access to the movie as long as you have a Disney Plus subscription. If you come in, you know, sign up for that free trial, buy the movie, and then try to bounce, then you've just paid $30 to see Mulan. You don't get it back. Like, there's no – you don't get to take anything with you. So as long as you're staying in Disney+, Plus, you're getting access to a movie um, early that you can watch until the rest of us just stream it free. <laughs> um, or, yeah. So going around, what do you guys think? Because we've all been trying to follow how we can be kind of maybe re – finding new lanes of distribution for movies during this whole COVID pandemic. What do you guys think about this one? Are you all going to pay that money for Mulan? No. Hell no. This grenade was a dud. It never went I mean, if this happened with Black Widow, I'd pay, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's no question right there. It's, it's just different. I mean, it's a different – I find yeah. it to be an interesting play, and it's going to be – I hope this doesn't become the format. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, that said, I understand what happened. I think it's a shame that Mulan is going, not getting the theatrical treatment because when was the, I mean, how many movies of this type can you name with an Asian woman in the lead in live action, exploring Asian culture on a major platform? I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I mean, we had crazy rich Asians basically. And that was a phenomenon because of how rare something like that was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's basically that creator is the only person who's making yeah. those movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that part is a shame. It's like, you know, I would love to see everybody get their due at the, at the movies, but to the same token, I don't think this is a move that Disney is just giving up on the movie. I don't, I think that they always kind of had this idea. Maybe like they were like, all right, we have a certain amount of time and then we may just have to drop it on Disney plus and figure out the strategy for that. But I think dude, there's 57 million people subscribed to Disney plus. And there's a lot of families at home with a yeah. lot of time That's on their That's what game. I was getting to. It's going to make – I think it's going to make it's, a lot of – It's interested. true if it was 20. No. I, 19.99. I don't think you're going to see as many people well, pop here's, 30 bucks for that. Well, here's the deal. Here's where I think Ben is getting to, and I think I have an example. So my sister-in-law, right? She's a, she's a mom, and, you know, they have, she and her husband have four kids that are, you know, about age – two to three up to now age about 13 right so that's a kind of a wide span they love movies they love disney movies they love all these disney live action movies they they live in pennsylvania they have not been able to do stuff for months um pennsylvania has some drive-throughs and stuff like that but mm -hmm. otherwise like no major movie event releases for months so i could see a scenario where like yeah my sister-in-law and brother-in-law just sit down there like well, for us, and they built like a whole she shed for a movie watching and during this whole COVID thing. Yeah, with my niece. My niece brought it. It was her personal project. We're not going to get into all that. But all the point is they have a whole shed for watching movies and stuff. So I could see them saying like, yeah, for the cost of me taking my family out and, and my four kids out and my wife to go see Mulan in the theater, 30 bucks is a steal. Let's do this. I, I can see that too. But I think it's – I. What I don't think you will get, because right now, um, 
this is a Disney movie. I typically would go see a Disney movie. Now, I was already kind of lukewarm. I was lukewarm on Mulan. I've been on that for a while. Like, it, it, it doesn't – I don't agree with Brandon that it was always in the plans for this. I think there is an element with all the controversy it caused internationally and all the PR stuff they had to walk back and deal with on top of the fact that the projections weren't looking so great stateside even before – that's that was there the, is there is some of that that they're kind of like look they they've had this in their pocket for a little bit but i do kind of see this as waving the white flag a little bit like look let's just get it out get the money we can we'll whoa, release it whoa, to the theaters why is it gonna be a white flag <laughs> so wow i mean I, I also think like look at how money disney has Idiot. lost here like disney is so disney is just just yeah on the same call we found out about this happening we also heard how much money disney has lost oh, how yeah. much their stock has gone yeah. down from a dollar 34 to eight cents a share like which is yeah. a huge chunk is just the theme parks i mean the yes. theme parks going yeah. down is like yeah. so i mean at this point it's just like they're gonna release this i mean mulan was never a billion dollar movie anyway so they're gonna make probably a couple hundred million dollars and they need that money right now. Which is, gr- which is great. I think it will make money. What I don't think is that by the end of it, I don't know if it'll make as much money as like maybe the assumptions are because there are a lot of people that look at $30 and what it could buy right now. And not everybody's in the position that both people have jobs. Not everybody's in the position that like you're making some choices right now. And there's, a, there's people not paying rent for a reason. There's people billing places that are putting things on hold for a reason. I, I don't think you're going to get as much a turnout at that extra $10. It's only $10, but to someone counting their dollars that month, that's a lot. And that makes a difference. So I think at 19, it would have killed. I think at 29, you're asking a lot. Trolls World Tour made a lot of money. It did. But as we've seen after the fact, it didn't make as much money sure. as they kind of touted. And it wasn't the game changer that, they kind of said it was right because like there's a lot of things in there i mean i agree it's 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 definitely not going to make box office money absolutely not uh and then you're also eliminating the future home release sales so inevitably overall you are losing money on on this investment that you thought you were going to make by comparison you're going to make less than that but i i think it's i i think it's going to make a lot of money and i think and i'm nervous i'm honestly i would love to be a little bit wrong not because i want to see mulan fail but because I want the movie theater experience back when we are able to do that safely. And so I'm worried that between Tenet and doing its select city thing and Mulan doing its on-demand Disney Plus thing, it's like that model and Universal making their deal with AMC theaters to shorten the release window, these studios are just going to start wanting to do it straight on their streaming service, straight on on-demand if they're able to make money on it. And I want to go back to theaters because I prefer that experience. Yeah. All right. Well... This is a pivotal topic. We're going to be keeping an eye on it, and uh, we'll bring Charlie Ridgely in here to answer for himself eventually when he gets back from <laughs> perma vacation or whatever he's doing. Let's go jump to Marvel's The Avengers. I don't know how much time we're going to have for uh, comic talk today, looking at the clock. But uh, let me just give a quick review of Star Trek Lower Decks because I think I'm the only one who watched it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm the only Star Trek guy besides Jamie. All right. So Star Trek Lower Decks is the uh, new animated series. Oh. <laughs> There goes my secret light. You know my <laughs> secret now. You have a ring light? Yeah. No, well, I have just a regular lamp behind my computer here to uh, oh, make this chocolate skin glisten. But anyway, beauty secrets aside, let's talk Star Trek Lower Decks. So, Star Trek Lower Decks is the new animated series set in the Star Trek universe. It's a kind of comedy series about uh, a crew on the decks of a kind of no-name ship. Well, it has a name. I don't want to mispronounce it because Star Trek people get really crazy. Um, basically, uh, the Ceratos. So aboard the USS Ceratos, and it's about a cast of characters um, in, the, in the lower decks. So if you know anything about Star Trek and how the ships are structured, they're kind of a tiered thing uh, with the necks. There's a lower kind of body and then the neck, and then the bridge is a saucer on top. So we know all about the people who occupy the saucer and have to do the important missions and all this. But this comedic series looks at the people uh, who are underneath them quite literally and figuratively and, and support them. And so this series has a very kind of, it's not family guy. It's more like American dad meets Rick and Morty feel to it. 
um, in the sense that it is kind of like wholesome and does have something to say at the center of it about the relationships between these people and the various, it's kind of an office style kind of workplace comedy with oddball characters all in the workplace. And um, yeah, it, it started out kind of slow for me because it was fragmented. You have to kind of get to know a lot of characters <clears throat> on based on just like a little bit of material. Like the whole premise is there's a new recruit who's coming aboard that day and all these different people are trying to show her around. And, you know, the main kind of story that comes out of it is that there's a kind of one of the crew members who is known to be this kind of rebel girl is has a special connection to some of the people in Starfleet Command. Um, there's a guy, the other main character is a guy who kind of is part of the lower decks, but also kind of helps out on, on the bridge, but doesn't get any kind of real respect. And it's about their relationship and all that. And like I said, there's a cyborg guy who's going on a date with a girl in this. And uh, for one of the, there's a lot of references to kind of different things from next generation from deep space nine. And so it is a little fragmented in the beginning, but when it does show that kind of American dad thing to kind of marry some good core to the zaniness, it actually, it actually kind of shines. And um, yeah, there's a lot of in-jokes. If you're a Star Trek geek, there are so many in-jokes in this just pilot episode alone that are going to keep you entertained. That's a whole nother level of appreciation for you. And so overall, I think the experiment to kind of take the more serious kind of, not stuffy because I love Star Trek, but it is kind of stuffier than like Star Wars or something like that, and give it a very humorous side was a good move, and, and I really like this. I mean, it goes alongside something like uh, the Orville. It, it kind of sits alongside that nicely as something that kind of honors Star Trek, but also kind of has a lot of fun with the tropes. So, like I said, the best thing I can say is it's American Dad meets Rick and Morty set in the Star Trek universe, so uh, check, check that out, Lower Decks, on the new and improved CBS All Access. <laughs> Love it. No, I mean it really is new and improved. We got no. I know. I used it. I used it again lately. Yeah. I just love. I, I just love your enthusiastic like, oh. plugs. Yeah, they got what movies. Great question. Great what now. time does this? Uh, what time does this episode go live? Uh, I don't know why. Because I have the full list. I have something interesting uh, that I can't talk about until eight a.m. Pacific time on Friday. Oh no! It goes. Oh wait, eight a.m. Pacific time. Oh, it's at ten a.m. I mean, we usually come on later than that. Man, DC fandom is going to be insane. Uh-oh. 300 people. From, gonna... the D- from the DC like movie and TV universe? Yeah, this I have the full list and it is stacked. I think you're safe. I think you're safe to drop it. Go I think ahead. yeah, I think you're good. Interesting. I mean, it's everybody you think minus like Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill and Ray Fisher. Everyone else that you can think of. John Carlos Pizzito is going to be there. Gal Gadot Zack Snyder, I mean, this is this thing is huge. And, oh, and- so as per usual with Comic Book Nation, we will be just in time to not bring you the biggest news <laughs> of the week. Every so time, we'll talk man. about this on uh, next week's show because, <laughs> uh, as BD said, uh, he's got to keep some of this under wraps because we don't know it's going to be close timing. But, um, yeah, it looks like we're going to get a big DC Fandom announcement. So enjoy that today. While we're talking to you about all this other stuff, you probably don't care about anymore. But, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> in podcasting. We're going to finish out. But here's something you will care about over the weekend. Matt, we'll have to save our comics breakdowns for next week. But uh, BD and Matt, talk to us. Marvel's Avengers beta impressions. A lot of this is going to be coming out of this weekend. People are playing through in the beta and really digging into it. This game has been a huge question mark if it can match the level of, like, Marvel Spider-Man. Um, there's been a lot of start, stop, some, some, uh, good, bad and ugly involved. What are you guys finding as you dig through the beta? I've talked a lot today. I'm going to let Matt take the lead on this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ironically, I was going to let, I was going to say, Hey, they, they heard from me about, uh, some of it, um, you know, last episode, but what I will say is, um, one, you should definitely head to comicbook.com over the next few days, uh, because we will have a bunch of, uh, really cool articles to help you kind of get along in the beta, get further, find all the stuff, uh, max out some of your characters and things like that, uh, that will hopefully kind of get you to the really fun stuff and that you can maximize your time in it. Uh, we also have a bunch of uh, interviews with the developers and the team uh, that brought this game to you who answers some uh, much debated questions. One of them actually was one that we kind of brought up last time, which one of the, the betas kind of um, main issues, at least to me, was the uh, recycling of certain environments uh, in the war zone. So when you get to some of the war zones and drop zone missions, you will see like, 
some of the same environments pop in and you're like, okay, is this a destiny thing where like, this is just going to be how it is for the entire game? Or is it going to be something where we're just seeing a little bit? And, you know, the team kind of asked them directly about that. And they were like, well, you know, we're, it's, it, we wanted to tease a bit, but it really is, they're saying, a sliver of the full game, which is good because that is something that, as we've seen with Dragon Age 2, over time can become an issue and a reputation that you can't shake. Um, for, for me, I mean, I know BD has his own thoughts of like who his favorite character is. I, I'm a Black Widow person all the way. Miss Marvel is my second because she's amazing too. But Black Widow is just fun. Like if you're going to pick one character, you don't unlock Black Widow until later in the beta. But once you get her, please give her a try. And please, for the love of Lord, outfit somebody, it doesn't matter who it is, with pin Particle armor. Because once you do that, it's amazing, and as you'll see in some cool videos that we've got planned for the weekend, uh, when you do that and you've got enough of it, they literally, as you're punching them, shrink. And so you'll just see this little person shrink in midair and then like falls to the ground. He's just, like this little tiny thing, it's amazing. It's awesome, especially if Hulk grabs them and then uses people to hit and then they shrink, it's awesome. So uh, a little geek outs from me. But Brandon, what did you think? Um, I was not impressed, but I definitely wasn't disappointed. Like I, I it kind of, it, in a lot of ways did exceed my expectations because what we saw was as we saw more and more, it just felt more and more like, Oh, I was so excited. This doesn't seem like it's going to deliver. And it honestly, in a lot of ways it, it does deliver. It's, it is fun. If it wasn't an Avengers game, I don't know if I'd really care. You know what I mean? But absolutely. It, yeah. So it's, I, I mean, you can button mash or you can do like intentional combos and either way you can have fun with it. My favorite character, my second favorite is the same as yours was Kamala. I love playing as Miss Marvel. Honestly, she almost reminded me a bit of Spider-Man PS4, the way she can kind of swing. It, it felt similar. Uh, it felt like a similar kind of gameplay mechanic. Which goes um, well for Spider-Man. Yeah, so I think Spider-Man could be cool. My favorite character was Hulk, though. And I mean, it's fun to just kind of jump up in the air, come down Hulk smash, and wipe out a bunch of enemies nearby, pick one up, use them as a weapon. I also really like the mechanic of jumping from wall to wall in true Hulk fashion, how he yeah. like opens his arms and does all that. I thought that was fun. Uh, Black Widow, I mean, I think they did a really good job of making each character drastically different and having like a thoroughly developed moveset. Um, it's not like reinventing any sort of action from any sort of game, that's for sure. But it's fun because it's the Avengers. And if you're a Marvel fan, I think like, it's like Ultimate Alliance, but just super juiced up. Well, that's kind of, it, it's funny you bring that up because that is what I thought because I, I, I love the Ultimate Alliance games. I love the X-Men Legends games before them. Like I, those games are great. I even bought that pointless remaster because it wasn't really remastered. <laughs> and I regretted buying that because then I was like, really? Why didn't I just play the original? But I bought that. But I've seen a lot of like criticism online of like, well, comparing it to like, well, why isn't it like Ultimate Alliance? And, and I'm like, it, it, what did you think Ultimate Alliance was? <laughs> like, I, I look back at that, like, that's a straight up brawler. You have combos and you have power sets. This is taking that to a, giving it a, you know, I would say a top tier studio shine. And you really get to see like a full fleshed out story. Crystal Dynamics does character interactions so well. There's a whole section between Bruce Banner and Kamala that you see them play off each other and you see her exploring the ship and she's such an Avengers nerd and it, it's so good. I, I said this uh, before, but like, I feel like if you don't leave this game as a Kamala Khan fan, like you have no soul. Nothing's like she's gonna just, make you a fan of her after that. Like she's, like she, yeah, because she's just delightful, right? Um, so I think all that stuff is things that you're gonna get throughout the full single player campaign. And I ended up expecting the war zones to kind of be this generic brawler beat em up thing like Ultimate Alliance is, but there was, I had way more fun than I expected to. So I just think like if people let some of the preconceived notions of they don't look like my MCU characters or they don't, the costumes are, are kind of meh sometimes. Not my Captain America. Yeah, uh, the, the, the gameplay's awesome. fun sometimes like it's so look i mean i i enjoy the game overall and i think we're being um we're being critical just because you know people want us to be critical yeah it's it's a bit it is it's an enhanced version of ultimate alliance so if you like ultimate alliance i think you're going to love this oh i will say though to be critical after playing the games like the last of us part two being this far into the current gen consoles 
there's a moment in the beta where you're walking through the woods as Bruce with Kamala. And after having just walked through the woods a lot as Ellie and Joel, the stark difference in the quality of graphics. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. But very yeah. strong. But I can see that. But Naughty Dog is also one of the best studios around. And, yes, you know, 100%, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Naughty Dog so is that studio. It's, uh, it's, it's not like, I feel like it didn't meet its potential, its full potential that of what we wanted when we first saw that this game was coming when we first got that super high graphic trailer like years ago we didn't even know what it was uh but it does deliver and it's worth your time and 60 dollars for a game like this i don't think it's unfair i'm not trying i'm not trying to advertise the game or generate sales for it i think if you play it if you spend your money on it i don't think you'll regret it i always yeah. ask the same question and just to close this out does did it make you brandon and i know matt's answer did it make you feel like you said Hulk was your favorite. Did it make you feel like you were an Avenger with superpowers playing like in the same way Spider-Man did? I don't know if I would say it's that immersive, uh, it, it, but it, it's fun, man. It's like, it's cool because especially when you're familiar with these characters, it's so easy to like, it, it gives you exactly what you want as this character. Like as Thor, you can throw the hammer and then realign yourself to summon it back so that it hits a guy in the back on, awesome, on the way in. And like stuff like that is just like fun. It's clever. It uh, and, and seeing like fighting abomination was awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Like fight. it just felt like everything I played in like the Hulk game on PS2, but enhanced way better. And I love that right. Hulk game on PS2. So all right, so we're gonna be uh, keeping track on Marvel's Avengers. We got to get out of here. Also, be look out. Breedy is gonna be excited because Avengers skins are coming to Fortnite. Yeah. So check that out. That'll be a reason for you to sign back in, BD. We Avenger skins in Rocket League, and then we can talk. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, as always, especially during this quarantine arc where we hope we can provide you guys some fun distractions and letting you know that the world of geekdom is still turning out there. We put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can uh, listen for yourself, or you can watch episodes on Facebook live every Wednesday and Friday when we air them there. If you want to just uh, download episodes, you can get them wherever your podcasts are sold. I don't know if podcasts are sold. But we are on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Google Playlist. Or you can tell your Amazon Alexa devices to fire up Comic Book Nation Podcast and it'll get it playing for you. If you want to hit us up with topics, talk to us, or just react to anything in the show, we're at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. Or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Brandon Davis BD. Everybody knows where to find you. All right. <laughs> if you are just now getting into the show, we also give away free t-shirts to people whose five-star Apple podcast reviews we read on the show. And we've been out of the studio since March. So we have a whole bunch of merch we got to make up for because we want that budget again next year. So we got to get rid of some of these t-shirts. So when we get back into the studio, we're going to read it. We're going to have a whole five-star review Rama and give away a bunch of t-shirts, so make sure you sign up now for yours by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Stay connected, stay healthy, and join us back again for another fun discussion in our next episode. Peace. Peace. Deuces. I don't want to see this on your MySpace page.